Okay, good morning, everybody. This is Phil Stevens. We're on Iron Radio. I'm a powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, strength coach, and maker of all things. We're getting ready for the Arnold. The Arnold. Is he out there? So. Oh, yeah, I saw you were today. Yep. This is Coach Durrell with Strength Guild. It's only Strength Guild in town now yep. here in Kansas City. Um, we, I'm literally just doing gym owner nonsense all the time now. All the time. All, all gym owners all the time. Yeah, my gym is a, it is a quarter, an, an eighth of what it used to be. It's a nice, small, personal fucking training space. Or I bring people in every now and again. I still have clients come in from out of town and stuff. I'm still doing the online thing. But the rest of my gym is just full of shit. I have like 80 billion pounds of bumper plates and things like that and belts and all the stuff we're making. So getting ready for the Arnold, like I talked about. I just put it on Facebook and uh, I think I put it on Instagram. Uh, me and Jim will be at a booth for an hour or two. On Friday, I will post the exact times at some point. But uh, we're getting Jim out of Jim, his cave. Surprised Jim's going back. He doesn't know he's going yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's me and his wife have planned it, and she's like, "We're not going to tell him until like I show up on Thursday, and then we're going to tell him that the exact <laughs> oh, so times where we have so to be." You're, you're surprising. Yeah, pretty much. She's like, yeah, he doesn't need to know. We'll just do it. And uh, so I'm getting the shit ready. I think we're going to make a shirt for it and uh, shit like that. So because I normally get him out and we go to it and walk around. And then he ends up in the crowd talking to people forever. Like, we just need to go to a booth and list the time. That way people can know and uh, come there. So hopefully he feels a little less obligated to. He's really good or bad, depends on how you look at it. Like, if somebody sees him and recognizes him, he'll fucking just, he'll give them all the time they want, uh, which is awesome. But uh, there's no slap boxing this year. That's what we were looking at. So I, I planned my trip around that last year, and there's no slap boxing coming back this year. So so I'm we don't have to. About that. But so also, I. maybe it's, might be because, uh, what's the name about it? UFC. Yeah, very well. Yeah, and now it's that kind of thing. So the slap boxing people are going. I uh, what's the name? The, he's the colorful haired kickboxer. Yeah, what's his name? Sean something. Anyway, he was talking about like, oh man, these people are just taking concussions for free, basically. Yeah. Like, they're just giving you like free <laughs> shots. Hey, yeah, so, I mean, it's. Oh. It's a crazy ass sport, but it was fun to watch. Yeah, but, uh, it's getting like it's kind of grown. Like people at the gym who are like you know behind on things essentially are now like, oh, have you seen this slap boxing thing? Like, oh, you should start one. Have now. you can start yeah. a training center for it? <laughs> <sighs> be badass. Have you trained for slaps? <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah, other than that, I mean, there's just the whole powerlifting world. Again, we can talk about that a little bit, but uh, <clears throat> we're a little late on the scene. But the whole you guys cannot keep your shit together for USGA thing. Um, the world's in a there's a lot of people scrambling. 
uh, right now in the USPA. And I've seen just numerous people that are like state chairs and stuff are all posting. And uh, the sad part to me, it, it seems like little too little too late. It's a lot of all these posts come out as some genuine thing, but they just look like. Yeah, canned responses, kind of. Yeah, canned responses, and like, what do I need to say to save my ass? Um, is what it looks like, and because basically, I mean, the gist of it, I haven't dug into it too far. Um, I haven't been a huge fan of the organization for a while, but uh, there's been some shit behind the scenes that I've heard for years, and it's surprised me that it's taken this long. But basically, a lot of uh, oh, what would you call it? There's a, just a, a lot of abuse of power going on. So yeah, um, man, abuse I know. of power. Like, uh, I mean, really, like, it just is almost like carelessness. Yeah, like you know, the organization seems like it kind of lucked out at the timing of like starting and or you know all that stuff, and was able to just kind of take off. At a time when piloting needed something like the USPA. Yep. And then they just, once the money started rolling in, they just kind of like stopped caring about the the HR shit, basically. Yes. They stopped giving a shit. And like the big one that I think people are really pissed about is several years ago, they came out and said they were going to start background checks on anybody that's like a an official or state chairman. And then they just... uh Oops, we forgot to do that. We said we were going to do it, but, yeah, we didn't do that. And <laughs> so a lot of people on, like, sexual predator list and shit like that are, like, state chairs. And uh, Not only that, they were also, like, the one I – the one of the main ones I saw was, like, they were, the like, the spotter at, like, yeah. a junior event. Like yeah. Like a specific junior event or something like that. Exactly. So, yeah, just – just lots of mismanagement of of shit. Now, of course, they're backtracking. Well, we're going to start testing now, and we're going to do background checks. And it's like, yeah, bro, it's been how many years? So, yeah. But I mean, I don't I've know. seen some new stuff pop up, too, like some new uh, – I mean, it was the background checks, but also the one that kind of made it pop was like uh, – it's almost just like sexual – Good old fashioned sexual harassment. Like, oh yeah, that was yep. the one that saw that yep. like brought it back up again. Yep. Yeah, and they shit canned a bunch of people now. But I heard, I actually heard about that person, like mm-hmm. from somebody else in some other context. That I was like, oh, okay. And I, I had never met him or anything, so I never had to deal with any of it. But and obviously, I'm not like super entrenched into. uh powerlifting necessarily but um even i had heard kind of some stuff about it but yeah and, i mean it's just i don't know i mean i've been saying it for numerous years it's it was bound to happen if you look at the history of powerlifting since the organization because for the longest time there was one organization in the united states and then that split off this is like in Ed Cohn's early years, there was one organization. And that's when it was on TV and shit. Like, you'd watch Wild World of Sports, and it was, they had powerlifting championships on there. And then, of course, it came down to money, and that's when these organizations started splitting. And ever since then, 
there's basically always the USAPL is the constant. And then the other head organization, which, I mean, basically it boils down to <laughs> drugged and not drugged, um, yeah. is the, the drugged organization seems to change about every five years to which one is popular. Uh, in my lifetime, it's been, uh, in my competitive career, it's been APF was really big. Then, uh, oh, God, what came out right after APF? SPF was really big there for a little bit. And then SPF was the geared, right? Yeah, it was geared, but then they, they went raw, too. And uh, uh, and that's when they started being big. And then USPA uh, came up after that, and they kind of took over. And then there's always, there's 47 other little ones. And one of them yeah. is, I guarantee you right now, like this WRPF, and one of them is going to take this as an opportunity because there's already a bunch of state chairs that I've heard of that have just bailed on yeah. USPA. And so one of these organizations is going to step up. And, like, I think it was the WRP, World Raw Powerlifting or something like that, is already announcing a shit ton more meets in states they weren't in. Um, there's a lot of little regional federations, like, you know, there's a federation that'll run shit out in Virginia and Maryland and uh, stuff like that. And then there'll be one out west. And so one of those is going to end up going national. And uh, they're going to be the head dog for five years. And hopefully they <laughs> do shit a little better. But we'll see. How do you prevent this situation from happening? Really? Like, I mean, obviously, there's once the money starts rolling, in, that's like what isn't important, I suppose. No, I think like the biggest the is- problem is is that. It's like they just see this growth, and they just want growth. And they don't – like I ran that federation for a couple years, and the biggest thing – like we never made it to all states, but I had a lot of states. But the biggest thing was I was picky about who was a state chair, and they don't yeah. give a shit. It's like whoever steps up will be a state chair. Like I've been state chairs of SPF. I've been state chair of uh, – Strongman, and literally, like, all it took was me emailing them, say, hey, I want to be state chair. They're like, badass, you're state chair now. Like, that was the extent of the background test. Uh, <laughs> they just want somebody to fill that seat. And uh, so, and I mean, I guess I could say personally, in my case, that's not a bad thing, but uh, it makes it real easy for other people that may not be scrupulous to get into a position of power and as we know across the world, you give certain people a little bit of power and they abuse that greatly. So, but yeah. Yeah. I have have no answers for that, man. That, that seems like the, I mean, so weightlifting's had it, you know, gymnastics, everybody's had it, but it's like, once you get like a big incident and then, and maybe some sort of, I don't know, because there's safe sport now. There are organizations you can, like, outsource this stuff to, you know. Yeah. And I don't know what it costs to, like, you know, be a part of it and do all that stuff. But it's, like, without any oversight or checks and balances or it is yeah. basically effectively what an HR department would be in a company would be responsible for protecting, et cetera. And it it leaves them open to like huge lawsuits too. Like they, 
USPA, if they're not just destroyed by their reputation at this point, like there could be lawsuits that pop up. Oh yeah. And just destroy it that way. You know what I mean? Like, yes. So, and this wasn't even the first like incident. I forget the guy's name on Instagram. Super loud. I'm definitely going to drop the ball now and I'll maybe I'll find it here in a second. But, um, the first incident was the, and she was like, Maybe she was a board member, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And she had had like some sort of, you know, pedophile charge or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And so she was higher up and very involved. And that was, this is before this last thing yes. popped up. And then so it just brought it up again. Like, yeah. There was one about so, four or five years ago that dealt with somebody. Oh, how should I, should I say this? Somebody very high in the organization, uh, inviting young teenage boys back to their room and like letting them sleep, inviting them to the meets and then they'd share hotels with them with some stuff. It was, uh, somehow that got swept under the rug fairly quickly. I don't know if money yeah. changed hands or what, but, uh, there's been some stuff for a while. So, and that kind of, uh, well, and I don't know. I mean, me personally, I can only speak from my personal experiences. It was, uh, how would I put this? A lot of, uh, favoritism going on. And, uh, like if you're not in the in crowd, you're not in the in crowd. And you could get blackballed pretty easily. And that leads to your lifters getting very judging compared to other lifters. Uh, which is, that's the part that pisses me off. I don't care, like in a powerlifting meet, if it's going to be strict judging, let's do strict judging. You know, that's how the day goes. What pisses me off is when there's strict judging for these four people and then not for these four and then very lenient judging for these four. Uh, let's just be consistent of where we're going across the board. So and I've seen a lot of that and that's just a whole different, different topic, but I mean, I guess they mesh together a bit, but that's almost like <clears throat> corruption. Yes, you know, like, and I don't know. It's tough. I, I would say that that happens. You know, like the standard of judging at local levels for weightlifting, mm-hmm. it can depend on like, and I mean, I guess even at the national level, it's like if you're in a G session. Like, dude, you gotta be like super strict. Like, give them yeah. that third attempt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, something like that. Yep. That happens sometimes. Like, if it's on the bubble, I should say. If it's like obvious, it's like blatant, you know, press yeah. out or something. You yeah. Know, whatever. Don't let them quarter squat. Yeah. Or something like that. But, you know, in powerlifting, it's almost like simpler to judge. Oh, yeah. It's I don't know about fucking easier. easier. But yeah, it can't be that, you know. It's not different. that hard. No. And there is a little bit of judgment call going on there, but not a lot. Um, It shouldn't be crazy. You know, like the variation, the variance is not that crazy. Like hit below parallel is not a hard thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. And what I always tend to do whenever I judge, which I've judged a lot, is like if I had a lift that was, it was like, unless it was like a world record attempt or something. If there was a lift, I'm like, uh, and I'm like, it's on the borderline. Generally, I'll give it to him. 
Like if it's basically the ones I turned down were always like no question that's fucking bad. <laughs> you know, if I'm sitting there as a judge questioning myself, like, ah, man, I think that was good, then I'm going to give it to him. You know, I'm, I generally lean towards no shadow of a doubt. Like, you're fucking four inches high, bro. Um, but I've seen lifts and like, there's been numerous ones I've seen myself and, uh, of other people's, cause now we're in the day of age where everybody has a camera in their hands and a video camera, uh, where people are, four inches below parallel and get called for depth. And then you take it to judges and they're like, nope, well, that's not how I saw it. Fuck, dude. Come on, man. Uh, and then the person after him will squat three inches high and get it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's gone so far that Ed Cohn just posted this a few days back. Uh, he's throwing a meet up in uh, it's Omaha, somewhere in Nebraska. And uh, I think it's at Omaha Barbell. And it's an unsanctioned meet because he just doesn't want to deal with any federations. And they went to open powerlifting, and he ended up blowing this up on social media. They asked to be included in the open powerlifting thing. <clears throat> and uh, the open powerlifting wrote them back and said that uh, they do include unsanctioned meets from time to time, but their inclusion is generally based on the notability of the people running the meet. <laughs> and they're going to have to turn this meet down. And Ed's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, in powerlifting, there's potentially nobody more notable. And, uh, yeah, they, they denied their request to be involved. Uh, and said that they need to, <laughs> they need to tie to an organization. And he's like, fuck them. <laughs> We're doing it anyways. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, that, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's just kind of par for the course, like where everyone's at in uh, strength sports is like just that transitional period between. I mean, I'll, I'll use it as like the NFL things, like the transition from like Tom Brady to like, because we're going to know, you know, I mean, like hear Tom Brady, know Tom Brady till, you know, for another decade or so, like how great he was and all that. But then there'll be another generation that's like, who is that? You know? Yeah. And maybe yeah. we're getting to that point in powerlifting. Cause, God, that seems, yeah. And I don't know. Is there, is there a definite, I know. So I would say there's a gap. There's a somewhat of a gap, like all the geared guys, yeah. besides the ones who like kind of transitioned into, you know, like, you know, Jim and what he does. Yeah. And, Dave and what he does, they yeah. uh, and yep. a lot of those guys have transitioned to transition their career to like open up and do more other things. You know what I mean? Yeah. But still stay connected to the strength community. Yes. But the, I mean, like the best lifters of that era, unless you were involved in it, like kind of forgotten, like Vogelpol. Oh yeah. And, um, Kurt Kowalski and all of them. I'm sure. Sadly, I'd hate to think it. But I, you know, I think you're right. There is probably a good percentage of people powerlifting now that just have no clue who Ed Cohn is. Like they have no fucking clue because what they're doing is following the latest Instagram post. They know who, you know, Jimmy Deadlift is or whoever's the latest fucking craze. <laughs> but they they don't know. But I mean that happens in everything. Like in every field, there's people that just they don't know the footsteps they're walking in. Um, yeah. 
<clears throat> so, but, hell, we said that I saw that this weekend with because all the football stuff going on, and there was a dude that like literally said that Joe Montana is not a top ten quarterback of all time. <laughs> it's like what the fuck? How? You know? <laughs> They're like, look at his stats. Yeah, but it was a different time. Like he was in an era where like you could literally kill the fucking quarterback. You put him in today's game where they have all this protection shit, and it's like, come on, but. Uh, now, the difference is, and I think yes. it's probably the same in powerlifting, like anybody in the NFL knows who Joe Montana is. And like anybody at the elite level knows, generally knows what footsteps they're walking in. It's the people in that beginner to intermediate level that just have no fucking clue. Um, sadly, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say because the culture of sport, like powerlifting, you would think has a wider appeal because more people squat, bench, and deadlift than like weightlifting. Weightlifting is, you know, obviously grown thanks to like CrossFit and stuff, but because of the accessibility of squat, bench, deadlift, you would think those guys, and, and part of it's just all this mismanagement and confusion at the top and there's like people not like the gear thing and you know, yeah. on or off, do you know, off yeah. steroids or whatever is this is a lot of confusion in the sport mm-hmm. in general. Yes, which, it feels like that's kind of a, a drop the ball moment for powerlifting, where they could get more people in and like teach it from the ground up. <laughs> now, obviously, you don't want to have pedophiles who start getting into <laughs> your organization. And then, like, getting into coaching roles, which, you know, is kind of like what seems like what has happened. But it there's like a – I mean, because of the accessibility of the lifts and, like, the popularity of barbell stuff. I mean, this is probably the most – when we talk about all the time, it was, like, the most popular barbell lifts have ever been in our lifetime. Yes. You know, there's still, like, a, you know, a window of opportunity here to where you can, you know – Right the wrongs, I suppose. Sadly, and I hate to say this because I'm not a fan of the organization or how they run things, but like the best thing that could happen to powerlifting would be that the USAPL pulls their head out of their ass and just starts a division within their federation that allows drugs. And, like, a lot of shit would be fixed. They would just be, they would quickly be the almost singular federation. Because they have the structure built. They have, you know, they're international. They're, like, truly international. Like, I've been to international meets where it's, like, one dude from fucking Canada shows up. You know, (laughs) that's not an international meet. Um, You know, they actually have an international organization. And, uh. You know, you go to Worlds and it'll be in, like, Berlin, not fucking Frankfurt, Georgia, um, <laughs> <laughs> London, Ohio. Yeah, we're, we're having our fucking Worlds in London. Oh, fuck, really? Yeah, London, Ohio. Oh, Jesus. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but I think that would and uh, I would love to see some rules change. The, the, my issue, my biggest issue with USAPL is just how fucking nitpicky they are. Um, as far as like feet placement, head play, like if your head moves, it's a bad lift. It's like literally that has nothing to do with the lift. I mean, yeah. 
Like on the well, back, as long as your shoulders and ass are down and your feet aren't flailing in the air, good lift, you know. Um, yeah, I brought this up, uh, or I wanted to bring this up <clears> earlier, but at the last, like one of the last worlds, do you see that they were turning down like all the French lifters because the bar was like, they were setting the bar like super low on their back. And then, okay. yeah. I and know. I didn't know, I didn't know that there was like, so the rule of like you have to stand up all the way to start, like you have yeah. to be standing yeah. to start the lift. I, like I realized you had to like be upright. But I almost thought to my like, how does that not turn down almost all low bar? Yeah. Because you're you going to be slightly tilted forward because if you aren't, you just fall over. Yeah, your hips no. are never like in a low bar squat. Like, how does. Yeah. And so the French guys are just like, yeah, we might as well just go like down. <laughs> like, and I mean, their shoulders have to be wrecked. I can't imagine their shoulders yeah. being in great no. shape. But like, how did they. How is it possible to like turn down those lifts versus other lifts? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. And that's that's where it gets nitpicky as shit. And it's like, honestly, as long as you... And I don't care. Like, there are people that are depth Nazis, like all the multiply guys. Um, you know, Jim will even tell you, like, I fucking squatted high every meet. Why did I squat high? Because they fucking let me. And yeah, if you're going to yeah. they're going to let you. Like, I literally don't care where they call depth. Um, just be consistent about it. Like, if we need to be two inches below parallel, just fucking make it there and set the rule. And judge it, and everybody just has to be there across the board. But um, yeah, I don't give a shit. It's just be consistent about it. And it would be nice to have one big federation that's a big happy family. But that's that'll never fucking happen. I mean, look at the world. It won't happen with anything in the world. That's like people wishing for world peace. Like that would ever happen. Not gonna fucking happen. So, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean. I guess, I mean, weightlifting has it, but it's super corrupt. So, I mean, you have, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, the IWF and the US, USAW. USAW is not, like, super corrupt, but I'm sure there's some background stuff that goes on. But, uh yeah, I mean, powerlifting, you would think IPF, I don't know. I think the drug thing is actually really kind of a, the biggest dividing line. Oh, it is. Yeah, by far. And now we try to like kind of seem like we're oh, like we're kind of not, you know, promoting it. But you know, I feel like that's like the biggest hurdle for all of strength sports is how they deal with drugs. Like yeah. weightlifting yep. just accepts them and then pops them later on in their careers, like blue. <laughs> <laughs> just waste till their careers over, then they're like, oh, you got popped for some super basic like peptide or something. Yeah. And whereas like that's for <clears throat> Yeah, and powerlifting acts like or IPF essentially wants to act like no one is doing them at all in our sport. Yeah. And then I mean even their best their best lifters it's still they have the same issue that you know IWF has. Yeah. But Yep. What happened just to exact? What happened to didn't what was John North's federation? Didn't he start a federation for a little while? Yeah, the uh AWF American Weightlifting Federation. That just go tits up dead. Uh, I don't know. John at that time was like all over the place. 
it's like every week there was a new thing. And to me, the AWF was like, they were trying to make meets like a party, essentially. Yeah. It was like, yeah, we're, we're exactly the same as USAW, except you can slam the bar. Yeah. There wasn't enough variance and enough kind of put into it, I would say. Yeah, look, it's it's got to be hard to get these things to take off. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? It takes a lot of work like, and people. I mean. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of work. And, I mean, those things could fail in like a month. Yeah. And I agree. How do you go from, <clears throat> it's not one of those things you can grow from local to state to regional very well. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. To regional, to national, to international. It's like you kind of got to start somewhat big. And maybe some have some recognition. I don't know. I yeah. I would never. I'll, maybe I won't say never, but it would be tough for me to like actually be super interested in being the head of organization. Yeah. In these contexts. Yeah. No, it's yeah, it's tough. And like I said, that's I mean that's basically why mindfolded. I was just done with the fucking bullshit. Uh, I got the lifetime ban from USAPL. <laughs> I've never even committed. Like they banned me just for starting a federation that allowed like an art, like ours was not, mine was not a drugged federation. It was a, like, uh, we just didn't test. It was like, yeah. we don't fucking test. Whatever. You can be on drugs or not. I don't care. We're not, it's don't ask, don't tell organization. Which, I mean, is pretty much saying that there's going to be a lot of people on drugs. But, I mean, that's the same thing as USPA and shit like that. Um, and they went ahead and started up their tested federation, which, I mean, most of these most of these small feds are, like, I doubt the testing greatly. When you know the cost oh, yeah. of it, it's like, it's not fucking cheap to do that. But, <clears throat> um and then you have a lot of people, which I never understood, like, in powerlifting, like, weightlifting, I can almost understand why people try and cheat. In powerlifting, I don't. Because you, like, literally have a f- divisions you can lift in and be on any fucking thing you want. It's like, to me, you're a real shithead if you enter an un- or a tested meet and get popped. It's like, what yeah. the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, just join that division. It lifts the same fucking day. You know, you're just trying to be a hard ass and like, I fucking beat, I'm totally natty. I beat all the natty guys. Yeah, but you're not. It's like, come on, man. You suck that bad that you can't even compete with the same people. But I don't know. We should start up a new one, the slightly drugged federation, where we like (laughs) limit the milligrams you can be on. Under 50 milligrams a week federation. Yeah, Yeah, that was like the old UFC standard. (laughs) Fuck. It was like. Is like as long as you weren't over a certain amount of you know whatever by the time of the fight, yeah, they're like we don't care. Like yeah. and so, and if you want to know the truth, the UFC was better than. <laughs> oh yeah, that's like Pride was fucking badass. I helped train some guys for Pride when I was in Thailand, and they were fucking juiced to the gills. Oh my god, <laughs> and they just go beat the fuck out of each other. It was amazing. Um, it's like just two big fucking. Silverbacks just going at it. Blood pressure, they're all purple. So, but I don't know. We'll see. Corruption across the board is, like you said, I mean, the biggest thing in powerlifting is the drug issue. That's what changes most of these feds. 
that's what stands between. Honestly, that's probably what has stood between powerlifting and and the Olympics the most. That and lifting gear, uh, like the the USAPL still is majorly internationally. Like they're known for a lot of raw lifting here, but international stage, it's still their single ply division is the is the the biggest. Uh, and I think single ply and things like that holds any supportive gear is probably a major reason why it's not in the Olympics, just because it's it, it changes the sport. So I mean, I've got a single ply suit that they say is damn near as strong as a multi ply suit, but. And different people get different mounts out of their gear, which makes it kind of, I guess, arguably unfair. Like, there's people that get, I get probably 50 pounds out of my suit, but there are people I know that say they get, like, 200 pounds out of the same suit. They're probably wearing a lot tighter than me. I'm just a big sissy. Don't want to spend 45 minutes squeezing into my suit, but, um, yeah. I don't know. What else is going on? We got the Super Bowl coming up. I think everybody already knows who's going to win that. I mean, Chiefs are just going to take it home. But uh, no, it's I an mean, interesting one. A lot of uh, it's the Andy Reid versus his old team, the Kels brothers. The there's several people like one of the receivers on the Eagles is the high school teammate with Chiefs linebacker and all that shit. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of storylines for sure, but yeah. I I would ask at least in terms of like what it goes into with like what it takes to maintain this level of excellence for I mean for the Chiefs obviously like what all goes into it the Chiefs are like the newest to be like this level of excellence I mean yeah. the Patriots obviously they the Patriots did this twice right so there's like two separate yeah you, you know what I mean like they had their initial wave of success, then there was a drop off, and then they had another. You know, they were like two dynasties essentially. Yeah. Whereas you know the Chiefs are kind of on their on their big run, their first big run, similar to like the Patriots, but sustained excellence like this, and you have two different personality types in terms of Belichick and Andy Reid. Yes. Who were like the we'll call them like the CEOs of the situation. Yeah. Like what? What do you think goes into that? Like to that this degree, to like to be this good for that long, this long. Yeah. Yeah, and it's well. I mean, the Patriots are the only ones that have pulled it off really in the modern era, and I think they spoiled it for. Like they've set a bar that's kind of unrealistic, um, but the Chiefs are kind of doing it. It's and they're kind of trying to follow the Belichick method when like this year, when they, you know, Mahomes's contract kicked in. So you have this guy on a big ass contract and then Tyreek wanted paid and they're like, Nope, they traded him away for like seven draft picks and they're just building around. They got one high paid dude instead of like three high paid dudes. And then they got a bunch of guys, you know, <laughs> <laughs> There's one high-paid dude and a bunch of decent fucking guys. And, I mean, but, I mean, if you look at that, it's the same thing Jim talks about with his team in high school football, and it's not that different. Like, any team, especially in the modern era of, of NFL with the cap, 
can only have so many dudes because of the money. So basically the recipe to win, I think, is make your bottom tier people, if you're bottom tier collective, let's say you have, you got a 52 man roster. You have three guys that are fucking great. 49 guys that are okay. Like if you're okay guys, if your collective of 49 guys is better than their 49 guys, you got a good chance. And that's kind of the way they've gone. And that's the way the Patriots did. I mean, uh, they would shell out, like somebody got into their prime and they would ditch them before they started going downhill. They would let them go, aside from Tom Brady, um, the leader of their team. They would ditch them for four other guys and keep them on lower paying contracts. So they had a bunch of quality dudes and a few superstars. And what you're seeing is like, I mean, what Buffalo tried to do and things like that, and we've seen it a lot, is they'll have like six stars and a lot of shit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's worked here. I mean, the Rams did it last year. They went all in and fucking pulled it off. But uh, that's rare to do that. So, But they also bought, like, you know, in terms of sustained success, like they sold out for one Super Bowl, right? Oh, yeah, and then they went to shit. Yeah. That's the thing. They're, because they trade all the way or traded all their draft picks and yep. all this stuff. And like they, they might be screwed for like, like they exactly. either need to start <laughs> trading their people. Or yeah. Yeah. And oh, it's yeah. like, but the, the system of sustained success, like I always look at like culture first. Mm-hmm. And it, it's such a weird, like I hate saying that because I hear all the, like everyone here at my gym like works at corporate stuff. And so this is like just corporate jargon. Like, oh, yes. you know, we're culture coordinator or culture changers or whatever. But just look at the culture of success that like Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he was he was successful every year, not Super Bowl successful, but successful yes. every year with the Eagles. Yes. You know, had a few down years here and there. But and also here is like. Getting an entire collection of people like bought in to the yeah. system is is what I kind of find so impressive with well both of these situations like Patriots and the Chiefs because there's a lot of people who like win a one off not a lot but like there are a lot of teams that win a one off Super Bowl here or there but I mean you look at the baseline of success of the Chiefs in the last I don't know 15 years or whatever. It's like, when's the last time the Chiefs have lost their division? Yes. Yeah, I mean, look what they did in Denver. They've won 15 games in a row. Like, or yeah, and that's Denver. hard. That's, that's hard really to do, hard to do. Professional uh, level. Yes. And Yeah, because like, even the shit teams are good. Like, the fucking Lions could beat you any day. You know, they're all professional fucking athletes. Nobody in the NFL sucks. Um, but... Yeah, and I think it's a lot of what you talked about. I mean, that's like when they interview people about the Patriots and why they're so good. They all talk about, they call it the Patriot way. Like Bill Belichick got those people to buy in completely to a system and the atmosphere and what they're doing. And they're they're, they're talking about that a lot with with uh, the Chiefs and Andy Reid and Clark Hunt. And like they, they shit canned Kareem uh, Hunt when he got popped for beating that girl in the elevator. Like, he was a great player, but it's like, that's not the way. And you got to be totally bought into the system. Uh, they want quality players and above above all else, nobody that's fucking up the locker room. Um, 
And who knows? I don't know the backstory, but that might be a lot of the reason why fucking Tyreek Hill's gone. Uh, but because he had his own issues. He's an amazing fucking player, arguably one of the best ever. But <clears throat> yeah. well, I mean, the Chiefs were, were about to sign him. Yeah. But then the wide receiver market got crazy because uh, yes. the dude who went to the Jaguars. Yeah, got Christian crazy Kirk. Contract. Yeah. yeah then, and everybody got crazy contracts. Yep. Yeah, and then there's but, Monty Adams to the Raiders, and it was like, oh, well, fuck, I want more money than him. And yeah, I mean, this, yeah. this is what I think about as like a just running a, essentially a weightlifting club. Like what I try to get out of watching sports sometimes is like the sustained excellence. Like Andy Reid and Belichick, there's a there's got to be some core components that they do in the building that is different than like the other coaches and other teams. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, Andy Reid's more fun and like lets the guys kind of do whatever and be playful and like try yeah. different plays and stuff. But then, you know, Belichick like not about that at all. Like, yes, zero percent. But there's got to be a core component between yeah. the two. No, I agree. And I think part of it is just they're still more old school coming down to even training camp and things like I they were talking about it this year. Like the Chiefs and the Patriots are one of the last teams that like. Even in preseason for training camp, you like leave and they make them live in dorms and shit. Like you're fucking bought in. You're removed from your family. You're removed from life. We're going here for two fucking months. We're getting shit straight. Whereas a lot of teams have transitioned away from that and you guys go home at night and like they still, they're still a bit old school and like you gotta be fucking bought in and you know, you're giving up everything. Like your fucking podcasts are done. Your your bullshit TikToks are done for two months. We're getting ready for season. And uh, a lot of teams have gotten rid of that, and they're still part of that. Like, they go up and live in college fucking dorms for two months in the summer and fucking sweat their asses off in St. Joe heat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's what they say. I mean, like, that... It's grueling. That yeah. part, I think, actually is one of the... It's like, it's not necessarily positive stuff they do, but removing distractions... Yes. Like, how many training things do we see or whatever where it's like you just go into the mountains and, like, training? I know there's a gymnastics center somewhere mm-hmm. that's like this where it's like you have to, like, put your grocery order in each week and they have to yep. bring it up the mountain, you know, yep. whatever. Um, I don't know that way the things had this, but I wish they did because it's always been, like, you know, Colorado Springs for a while. Yeah, I was going to say Colorado Springs was a lot like that, maybe not on the same level, but – um, and just imagine guys with unlimited access to everything they want. And these are millionaires, you know. Yes. How to get them bought into just removing distractions and how, like, eliminating some of that stuff is critical in both of these cases. Like, this is oh, one yeah. thing I yeah. kind of know that they do well. Yeah, and we're in a day of age where, like, distractions are the easiest thing to come by now. With social media and everything else, like it's very easy to get distracted, and they kind of remove that. Like, turn in your fucking phones. We're going to work. <laughs> but <clears throat> so, yeah, I don't know. I think it'll be a good game. I'm hoping this is one of the generally Super Bowls are like some of the worst games of the year because one team usually just murders the other. And I have a feeling this will be a good one. And that's all I hope for. I mean. I'm not one of those people. I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm going to have a Chiefs fan. But, like, literally if they lose, I will be okay 15 minutes later. There are people I know that are, like, ruined until next year. 
But uh, I just hope it's a good game. Like, we weren't even supposed to be in this fucking game. At the beginning of the year, it's the fucking, oh, they're not even going to make the playoffs. So just the ability that they were able to pull that out and make it is uh, is pretty amazing. And, you know, from the way it's looking and the way they're building their roster and the way they're running the ship, like, it's looking like we have another 10 years of, like, having a shot at going. You know, if they keep up this <clears throat> this core group and keep building it how they are. But sustained excellence. Yeah, and it's, it's After something a long funny. period of sustained, sustained failure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 50 years, man. Fuck. I mean, the, the highlight before this was, like, the Marty, Marty Schottenheimer era, where at least, like, we always knew we'd go to the playoffs. I mean, we had Dick Vermeil in there, too. Yeah, but and we'd go to the playoffs, and we just knew we were going to get our asses kicked. Like, it was 30 <laughs> years without a playoff win. We'd go, but then they'd be like, oh, they're out. So, uh, yeah. But, and just how the game's changed. It was smash-mouth fucking Christian Okoye up the middle. Like, all the teams were running base, and now it's a wide-open fucking league, and they've changed the rules, and... uh I don't mind it. It's a fun game to watch. The, the penalties get a little fucking out of hand at times, but uh, and I would agree with the high-scoring games are fun to watch. It's turned it more into it's it's leaned more towards college, how college always was, and I think due to those changes, making the transition from college ball to NFL ball is easier than it used to be. So, because it used to be like the option spread option offenses and shit in college, like. That didn't translate hardly at all to the NFL. Uh, they'd come in and get, it'd take them three, four years to even get used to the fucking game. And now you're seeing some rookies come up fast. But, all right. Well, I suppose we'll call it there. We talked about, uh, controversial powerlifting issues and football and shit like that. So I hope everybody has a good weekend. I'm going to go lift and get shit done so I can just chill tomorrow. My son has his first wrestling meet tomorrow. So. It's going to be a long day. 450 kids. Thanks. Yeah. I couldn't believe that when I saw it. That's where they capped it at. They're like, get your entries in fast. It fills up quick. It's like, holy shit. I can imagine a, are there weightlifting meets with 450 people, but at local ones? No. <laughs> Not happening. This is some fucking backyard wrestling meet with 450 kids. That just shows you how small strength sports are comparative to some of these things. So, <sighs> Hi, brother. I will talk to you next. Yep.